Good morning. Welcome to Christ the Cornerstone. We thank you for worshiping with us today. Whether you're here in the room or worshiping with us online, we want to welcome you. We want to lift up praise to the Lord today. Amen. Come on, let's sing together. When I'm in the roughest water, I won't go under, I won't drown. And when I'm in over my head, I know that you won't let me down. And when I'm broken and down to nothing, come on, sing it. And I know that you are always up to
Good morning, everybody. Wonderful to see you this morning. Thank you for joining us online. Today, we're thinking about the way Jesus sends us out into the world. And it reminded me, the prophet Isaiah said, How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news. We've gathered today because somebody has told us good news. And uh, your feet are beautiful. Because God has given good news to you to share with others. You can look down at your neighbor's feet and say, your feet are beautiful. But how wonderful you are. Let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you for sending someone to tell us good news. And we gather this morning to worship you, to lift you up, to praise your name. Because of the good news that comes through your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, CTC family. I'm Kathy, and here's this week's news. We're very excited about our upcoming car show on Sunday, June 20th, from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. at the Bear Campus. To make this happen, we need your help. We're looking for three people for setup, five people to direct traffic and park cars, five greeters, and three people to clean up. If you'd like to be part of this team, contact Lynn Poindexter at lpoindexter at ctcde.church. It can feel impossible to live like Jesus in a world that seems so different from the one he lived in. How did he do it? Constant connection with God and a group of friends. With this, he changed the world around him, and he calls us to do the same. So grab a couple of friends and begin to look into the Bible together. We have resources to help get you started. For more information on life groups, see our website or contact Chrissy Carroll at ccarroll at ctcde.church. Pastor Sharon, our Ellesmere campus pastor, hosts a weekly Zoom meeting called Beyond. It's an opportunity to connect, talk about the message from the weekend, and spend time in prayer together. This group meets on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. You'll find the meeting ID number on your screen. For more information on these and other events, visit our website at ctcde.church or go to our Facebook page. If you need prayer, you can call the Bear Campus office at 302-836-2862 or the Ellesmere Campus office at 302-998-4584. You can also email us at prayer at ctcde.church. Or if you're worshiping online, you can hit the request prayer button at the bottom of your screen. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. God bless you and have a great week. Good morning, family. You may be seated. Praise the Lord. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised on this beautiful day. Is that what you say? Amen. We're so happy that you're here today. And as always, we want to connect with you. So if you're seated at a table, um, there's a connect card. If you're seated at a chair, you'll also find a connect card. And to our congregation that's online, there's a connect tab. What that Connect tab does for us is lets us know that you're here. So we ask that you complete it 
for yourself and everyone that's in your party. Um, the Connect card also has a location, a spot for prayer requests. So anything that you want us to pray for you throughout this week, please list your prayer concerns on the Connect card. If you are new here and you're in the room, after this worship experience is over, as you leave the celebration room to the left, you'll see the Welcome Center. Please stop by and one of our trained hosts or one of our pastors will speak with you and offer you a small gift because we're so glad that you chose to worship with us. If you are online and this is your first time here, please click the New Here button and fill out the requested information, which of course is confidential, and we'll reach out to you at a later point during the week. As we now transition to the time of giving, I'm going to turn it over to our pastor who's going to talk with us about stewardship. Pastor Roger. Thank you, Fran. And, uh, you know, that we have several principles here at Christ the Cornerstone that we encourage uh, to grow in our faith. And uh, do we have them on screen this morning? There we are. That first principle that we've got, principle number one. If you can see this, I'd like you to say this with me, if you would, please. We strive to give God's will priority over money. And here's a scripture verse that reminds us about, about that. Let's read this together. Jesus told him, if you want to be perfect, go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. And then come and follow me. We want to encourage you as you as you think about using the gifts that God has given to you to to do it generously. And but before you give anything, ask God, what do you want me to do with this? And so we place God's will priority over the things that we have. You've had, I have an envelope uh, on your uh, table or on your chair through which you can give, or if you're online, you can give uh, through our, our website ctcde. Dot church. We encourage you to do that. But, but remember also that we want you to, again, connect with us by filling out the prayer cards. You can fill out the Connect card online, or you can fill out the prayer cards uh, on the envelope or the Connect card on your table. Let me invite you to stand with me as we continue to worship and give thanks to God, and I offer a prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for coming and being with us this morning. Come and inhabit the praises of your people as we continue to sing and worship and love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please continue to stand as we continue in worship. Thank you. Let's worship him today. The good times, the bad times, the hard times, the easy times. Come on, let's sing it. I count on one thing. The same God who never fails. Not fail me now. You won't fail me now in the waiting. The same God who's never late is working all things out. Working all things out. Oh, and yes, I will sing for joy in the lowest valley. Yes, I will bless your name. Yes, I will sing for joy when my heart is heavy all my days. Oh, yes, I will. 
on, I count on one thing. I count on one thing. The same God who never fails will not fail me now. You won't fail me now in the waiting. The same God who never lays is working all things out. You're working all things out. Oh, and yes, I Testament, he says he's asking us that we present our bodies as a living sacrifice. I was getting ready to quote the King James, but who in the world knows what beseech means? It means I'm pleading with you to give your bodies as a living sacrifice. Here's the problem with a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice can crawl off the altar. When we die to ourselves and allow him to fill us and take all that we have and give it to Him. He can use that. Amen. Let's sing together. Take all. Take all I have in these hands and multiply God all that I am and find my heart on the altar again. Set me on fire. Set me on fasting and again. Take all I have in these hands and.
and multiply. Count all that I am and find my heart on the altar again. Set me on fire. Set me on fire. Your power and work in me. 
receives us. And I was thinking last night as we were singing this song of the surgeon's hand, the blade that opens a wound in us, that gracefully breaks the flesh of our skin in order to remove the cancer or to take out whatever is not supposed to be there or to correct and mend back together. Jesus does the same thing in our lives. He gracefully breaks us so that He can heal us and make us free from whatever is binding us. And we thank God so much for that. Tony and I are going to offer a prayer for Pastor Vaughn. And then as soon as that prayer is finished, the children can follow Tony uh, to their classrooms uh, for their children's time. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank You so much for gracefully breaking us, not because you want to hurt us, not because you want to wound us, but because you want to free us, we give you the praise and the glory, and we trust you, Jesus, with ourselves. As Pastor Vaughn comes and gives us the message this morning, Lord, we ask you to fill us with your Holy Spirit, that wherever we are, whatever we're doing, whatever we're experiencing in our lives... We're ready to receive the word that you have for us. And that you, like a caring and skilled surgeon, are coming into our hearts and our minds and our souls. And you're repairing us, you're redeeming us, you're healing us, you're comforting us in whatever way each of us needs. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The Gospels tell us a lot about the character of Jesus through its descriptive terms. We see him as teacher, as healer, redeemer, savior, messiah. But the busyness of life and the cares of this world threaten to crowd all that out and make it seem like just a huge jumbled mess. When we truly invite Jesus to guide our lives and our thoughts, he'll show us who he really is. Mark my words. Praise the Lord, everybody. We try that again. Try it again. Praise the Lord, everybody. Hallelujah. That's right, young man. Praise the Lord. The Bible says, let everybody with breath, praise ye the Lord. Praise God. We are so blessed to be here today and to see such a wonderful crowd. We got a good bunch of people here today and some with masks, some without masks and we're just thankful that everybody's spaced away the way we should be, the way we've done all year. This has been a very safe place to be in 
on a Sunday morning. In fact, I can't think of another place I would rather be. And for those who are at home watching us over the Internet, we can't wait until you can join us here. There's just something about being in the manifest presence of God in the house of the Lord. In the meantime, know in your heart that God is with you wherever you are. He's omnipresent wherever you are. God is. Amen? Hallelujah. That's wonderful to know. And before I go any further, brothers and sisters, I want to just take a moment. And I want to thank our pastor, Pastor Roger, for the privilege, really the honor that he bestowed upon me when he asked me to present these three messages these last three weeks. And I'm glad you keep coming back. I thought eventually it might be an empty house. (laughs) But You came to hear God. You didn't come to hear me. I'm hoping you're getting God in some of what I'm saying. But I just want to once again give my thanks to pastor. I've been in churches where under the pastor, I never preached maybe once a week. I'm sorry, once a year. But here he has given me this honor. And I just think we have a wonderful pastor. He is not proud. He's a very humble man and I just love him. Can we give him a round of applause? Thank you. Thank you. Wherever you are, Pastor Roger, we love you. Praise God. Well, my friends, let us continue on in our little series here, which I hope everybody is getting something out of. And it is entitled, as we just heard, from the Gospel of Mark. It's entitled, appropriately, Mark, my Words, praise God. Now, who remembers what names we have determined so far that describe Jesus from Mark? I like to call them his primary monikers. But so far, the first service we preached on this, Pastor Rogers told us that Jesus is awesome. Amen. Praise God. Teacher. And, right. The next one was his teacher, right? And what else, somebody? Healer. Has, has Jesus ever healed anybody here besides me? Hey, man, let's just give him some thanks. Thank you, Lord, for being our healer. Praise God. Uh, I think a lot of times we don't give Jesus credit for our healings. You know, we get sick, and then we pray and say, Lord, I haven't prayed for you in a while, but please, if you would, heal me. And then the next thing we know, we say, never mind, God. That's all right. I'm okay now. The doctor just sent me a message. I'm okay. I I don't need you anymore. Not realizing that healing came from God. So we need to thank him all the time for the healings that he has bestowed upon us. He's our wonderful healer. Uh, Also, what's another uh, description of Jesus? Son of God. I think that is one of the most important. As Jesus said to the disciples, when you've seen me, you have seen the Father. What is he saying in essence? I am God. Very good. I am God. Young man, you're on fire. Praise God. I like that. Hallelujah. And lastly, last week, we discussed that Jesus is supreme. He's above all others. He sits high. He looks low. There's none mightier than him. So that no matter what we're told by the lawyers, the doctors, the boss on the job says, get out of here. So that's all right. God's just got something better for me. That's the God we serve because he is above all others. That's our God. That's our Jesus. 
Today we're going to take a look at Jesus in a whole brand new way. And the title, the moniker that we use to describe him is not one that you hear that often. It's called Jesus as our dispatcher. Dispatcher. I had to go to the dictionary to see exactly what is meant by a dispatcher. And does anybody here know what it means to dispatch? To do what, Linda? To send out. Exactly. Wikipedia, the modern version of the encyclopedia. And by the way, if anybody wants a set of Encyclopedia Britannicas, I've got one that's been sitting up on my bookcase for 30 years. You're welcome to it. Yay, Wikipedia. Okay. But it says that a dispatcher is a communication specialist. Sounds like Jesus to me. He communicates to me. How about you? And what they do in essence is, as the word suggests, they dispatch. Praise God. Or as Linda said, they send out. They send out into the world information and people to spread information. They supervise and coordinate operations of other personnel who have been tasked to carry out a service. Dispatchers require both physical skills, and it's more than that, they have to have high mental abilities. Dispatchers must be able to make wise, instantaneous decisions and act upon them with limited time often and limited information, yet and still get the right solution when they send out this information. Once again, sounds like Jesus to me. He always has the right information. And days gone by, when I think of dispatchers, now that I know what the word means, <laughs> I think of things like the Pony Express. No, I wasn't back there in those days, okay? Before somebody says that. <laughs> okay. A little bit after, <laughs> praise God. But and the Pony Express always amazed me because... In the old cowboy movies, I'd watch Roy Rogers and Hopalong Cassidy and those good guys. You see the Pony Express guy running his horse for a good half hour, an hour. You wonder how that horse kept up. I never realized that usually every 15, 20 miles, they would stop, right? They would change and get another fresh horse. Those horses can't run for hours and hours and hours. <laughs> Praise God. But before the Pony Express really got to be very successful and popular, something else came along. Isn't that the way it always is with especially modern technology? As soon as I learn one thing, here comes some other technology. You know, do you know what I mean? And by the way, if anybody has a, a desire for some 8-track tapes, I've got a whole cellar full of them, okay, that my wife wants me to get rid of. I'm, I'm, I'm believing one day they're going to come back into style. But in the meantime, you're welcome to them. But uh, the Pony Express was replaced by the Telegraph. As soon as it came out within a month, it stopped the Pony Express. I think of Native Americans and how they use, how do they communicate? How do they dispatch information? Does anybody recall? Smoke signals. Exactly. Smoke signals. And last night when we were saying that somebody said, uh, uh, what well, they smoked. Uh, something like that. Well, they use smoke signals. They didn't smoke. <laughs> I don't think so. But they did have peace pipes. I guess they did smoke. Praise God. And I think about the old Tarzan movies. I remember them beating on the drums and just beating them and beating them. Here comes Tarzan. He would say, oh, the natives need me. And he comes swinging through the trees. Oh, I love seeing him do that. 
I wanted to do that so badly to be able to swing on the vines like that. <laughs> you said your husband can do that? Oh, Lums Pond has that? Oh, okay. That, all right, I'll have to go to Lums Pond, I guess. One of our uh, church members, her son works there. I'll have to talk to uh, Ryan about that. <laughs> Praise God. But Tarzan would come through the trees and the vines, if you remember, and he burst through, and everybody was happy to see Tarzan. A lion needed to have his mouth torn off or whatever. He could do it. But before he came on the scene, he would telegraph back to them, dispatch back to them. He was here. And how did he do it? Do you remember his? his what, what was that? Uh, 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 uh. I've been practicing that, right? Praise God. I love that. And whenever I think about the drums beating also, i got to mention my buddy King Kong. When they were beating those tom-toms and that big gate opened up, I don't know if any of you are old enough to remember the original version. Uh, I've been made uh, to be aware of the fact that there's many subsequent versions. But when they opened that gate and that big, huge monkey came through, oh, my God, it scared the daylights out of me. A little six-year-old boy. I never wanted to go to the zoo again. I didn't want to see a chimpanzee, a, a monkey, and I surely didn't want to see a gorilla. And by the time I sort of got used to that and wanted to get back with the monkeys again, here comes I'm watching, uh, what was it, the Wizard of Oz for the first time. And you remember the end of that movie? And the witch had all those flying monkeys now. And that did it for me and monkeys. I don't mess with monkeys anymore. So we're done. Praise God. <laughs> you don't think? You said you got a monkey? Okay, I believe my brother says he has a chimpanzee. Oh, you got attacked by two of them. My goodness. Wow, okay, that's why I don't get the monkeys. <laughs> Praise God. That's, that's all right. Dispatchers do things like 9-11 dispatchers, police dispatchers, fire dispatchers. All these people who we depend on, our military, we depend on them so much for our everyday needs. Who hasn't called 911 at one time in their life and saying, I need help? I need help. You know, we have a 911 hotline right to Jesus. Right to Jesus. Whenever we need help, he says we can come boldly before the throne of grace. Amen where we can obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Psalm 121 says he neither slumbers nor does he sleep. He's always there. He's always waiting. He says, cast all your cares upon me. Why? Who knows why? Because I care. Amen. Folks, Jesus cares. Praise God. And so do our brave uh, EMT folks and our policemen and our firemen. I don't know if we have any in the congregation uh, right now, and I see Brother Maurice, but if we have any people in that area, we'd just like to give you applause. Could you raise your hand, first of all? God bless you, and thank you. Thank you so much for watching over us. My family and I had to call 911 emergency about four months ago, as some of you know. And they were there in a minute along with Pastor Roger. I think they walked in together just about. He was my second call after I called them. Within five, ten minutes, they were all there. We had about 15 people in our house. And I just was so 
touched by how they were there for us, comforting us, watching over us, watching over our daughter. Wonderful people. Wonderful people. I'll forever be thankful for our emergency people. I want to make this statement as we get our our sermon really kicking off here, that the greatest dispatcher in all the world is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. This is a new way for us to think of him. Whenever we need something in our lives, he can dispatch it to us. We just, as we just said, have to humble ourselves and pray. And God has said that he will supply all of our needs. He'll dispatch our needs to us according to what? His riches and glory through his son, Christ Jesus. That's a wonderful promise, one we can hang on to. Praise God. Praise God. When Jesus came into Nazareth, which we're going to hear about in a few minutes, the people mocked him. They did not praise him. They didn't say hallelujah. They said, here is the one who's Mary's little baby. Is not this the carpenter's son? These words were extremely hurtful to Jesus. They were meant to shame him. They were meant to insult. You know, whenever you try to do the work of God, somebody is going to try and bring you down. The devil's going to make sure of that. But Jesus did not let these insults stop him, did he? He kept right on going. We don't see anywhere where he was diminished in any way by what they were saying. I'm bringing this up, and I'm going to mention this again a little bit later, because it plays so importantly into Jesus choosing the 12 disciples. We're told in this upcoming uh, passage that these peoples had unbelief. They did not believe what Jesus had done. They didn't believe in him. And unbelief is nothing but unfaithfulness. Jesus wanted to make sure that his disciples all were people of faith. Praise God. And I'm I'm just touched by the fact that nothing stopped Jesus from the mission that he was giving. God dispatched Jesus, brothers and sisters, to this earth for us. John 3.16 says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That's dispatching. Right? So that whoever whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. But that's not the only reason Jesus came. Did you know that? There's a couple of other reasons that he came, my friends. Jesus came to teach us, as we heard the other week, to teach us what it was to be Christ-like, to be a Christian, to live in this beautiful kingdom of God that he had brought to this earth with him. Matthew 5, verses 1 to 10 The Sermon on the Mount is where we see some of that great teaching. He also came, maybe we don't think about this a lot, to defeat the works of the devil. That's what he did on Calvary's cross. He defeated Satan. When he hung on that cross and gave his last drop of blood, why did he do it? For me and for all of you, for us. We're told in John 3, 17, he didn't come here to judge us. He came, brothers and sisters, to save this world. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that he loved you that much that he did that? Amen. That deserves some praise. If we were the only persons on this earth, us right here, he would still have done exactly that. Let's turn to our sermon text at this time, my friends. Mark 6, 
verse 1 through 13. And if you don't mind, I'm going to ask you, can we read it together? We do it better when we do it together. Praise God. Jesus left there and went to his hometown, accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things, they asked? What's this wisdom that has been given him? What are these remarkable miracles he's performing? He knew, they knew what he had done. Isn't this the carpenter mocking him? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own town, amongst his own relatives, and in his own home. He cannot do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was limited by this lack of faith. And he was amazed at their lack of faith. King James Version, he marveled. One of the few times that word is mentioned in connection with Jesus. Calling the twelve to him, he began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over impure spirits. These were his instructions. Take nothing for the journey except a staff. No bread, no bag, no money in your belts. But he was sending them out there on faith. Wear sandals, but not an extra shirt. Wherever you, whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave that town. And if any place will not welcome you or listen to you, leave that place and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. They went out, and what did they do? They preached that people should repent. This was the gospel of repentance. They drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. And they did not do this in their own power, but in the power of Jesus Christ. We always do these things in Jesus' name. Amen? We must never think that power is in us. It is the power of Jesus that we can heal the sick in his name. Raise the dead in his name. And what's last? Cast out, cast out evil, cast out demons. In what name? The name of Jesus, praise God. That name that is above every other name, the Bible says. At that name, every knee will bow. Every tongue shall confess Jesus is Lord. Amen. Jesus. You ought to say it. We ought to say it as much as possible. Get in the habit of saying, Jesus. And thank you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Praise God. Because when we get to heaven, guess what? That's what they say. They say, holy Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. We need to get in the habit of praising God and worshiping God. Amen. That's a good place for it. Amen. Yes. My brothers and sisters, we both dispatch others on a daily basis as well as be dispatched ourselves. Jesus has dispatched all of us to be light and salt. He said, by our good works, they will see our light. And they will give honor to us? No. To who? To, uh, to, to Jesus, to God. Amen. We've all been dispatched, my friends. Either we're being dispatched by somebody 
or we're dispatching somebody. This is just a normal way of life. Just the other day, uh, Gwen asked one of our church members to come by the house. He's a very talented young man who has hands that just know how to repair everything. And uh, that was this dispatching by Gwen of uh, Brother Kinnear. Oops, sorry, Doug. Didn't mean to mention your name. If people start calling you, say, come over here and fix this or fix that. I guess you can blame me. And I remember when I was in the military, on my way to Vietnam, and surprisingly, I volunteered to go because I had been stationed in Duluth, Minnesota, where it gets 20 below zero and the snow gets six feet high, and I just wanted out of that place. But you you got to be careful. <clears throat> Excuse me. You have to be careful what you say. The Bible says in the tongue is the power of death and life, and those that love it will eat of its fruit. Amen. And I just said, I just want to get out of here. Send me somewhere warm. I'm thinking Hawaii. Well, <laughs> that's not how it turned out. You've got to be specific when you talk to God. Praise God. So anyway, that was me. I was dispatched over to South Vietnam. The point is that this process known as dispatching is utilized by all of us on a daily basis. I think we can all see that. And we have to realize that Jesus has dispatched us. He wants us to do things, great things in his name. He wants us to heal the sick. He wants us to bring good news to those in prisons and the hospitals. He wants us to be caring and loving to our fellow man who does not have what we have, brothers and sisters. That's one of the reasons why Jesus said, if you have an extra garment, an extra coat, and you see your brother or sister need it, give it to them. Let them have it. Share it with them. Has anybody done that here lately? Have you helped somebody who was in need? I know just the other week we uh, took some garments. They were undergarments. <laughs> Uh, down to one of the rescue mission places, and they were so thankful to receive them. Most of us wouldn't think of utilizing something like that in our life, but those people were so grateful. And I think about when Jesus said, take nothing with you, basically, he told the disciples. And I think in a way that is meant for us here today also. He's telling us, you got too much stuff. You have too many things to carry the message that I'm giving you to carry. The disciples were engaged in such holy work as we are, and they could not give the impression that they had any other motives, material motives. We must ask ourselves also, we have to ask ourselves this question, do our lifestyle and habits give people the wrong impression of us and the gospel that we represent and the God that we represent? We must guard our reputations, brothers and sisters, for the gospel's sake and for that of Jesus Christ. I ask you, are you doing that? Are you making sure that what you say, what you do, gives a wonderful impression of this gospel, of Jesus? Remember, we are called to be living epistles. When people see you, they see the Bible. Amen? They see the gospel of Rick. Praise God. The gospel of uh, Linda. Amen. And her husband, Larry. Praise God. We're all a gospel to people. You might be all the gospel that they will ever see in their life. What you say to them is life. For the word of God is life. Speak something to them that gives them hope, that gives them life, 
give them the very gospel itself. Our job is to set the feast for these folks as we address them, as Jesus sent them out into the world. And if they decide not to dine, not to come to the meal, that is not on us. That is upon them. And the Lord said it will be unto them as if they were a heathen nation, a Gentile nation, like Sodom and Gomorrah was cursed. So would they be. You don't want to reject the word of God, the gospel, when it is brought to you. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Now is the time for us to be saved when that word is brought to us. William Barclay said, he's a Scottish biblical scholar from the uh, early 1900s. He said, when the apostles went out to preach to men, they did not create a message. They brought a message. And that's what we are dispatched brothers and sisters to do. That's what God wants us to do. Praise God. Once again, unbelief is intolerable. It is tantamount to unfaithfulness. That's all we're saying. I don't believe. That's what the people are saying. We hear you, Jesus. We know what you've done, but we don't believe you. John Trapp, another Bible scholar from the 1600s, said, Unbelief must needs be a monstrous sin that it puts Christ to the point of amazement or marvel. Imagine, they made Christ marvel at their unbelief. He couldn't understand why would you not believe this good news. And I, by the way, I'm one of your own. I come from your hometown. Sometimes that's the hardest place, brothers and sisters. The hardest place for us to get a message through. Some of the best and most effective witnessing happens outside of the church. Did you know that? We can't always do it in here. This is not where we were called to witness, by the way. Where were we told to go? Out there, right? Mark 8:22. Jesus healed the blind man, not outside the temple, but outside the village. Praise God. And that happens when followers of Christ, like you and me, are one-on-one with one another, telling everyone what Jesus did for them. Like just the other week, we talked about the demoniac of Gardenus and how in Mark 5, after Jesus cleansed him, he said, I want to follow you, Jesus. I want to go with you. He said, no, you're going to be my ambassador. I'm going to send you out to other towns to tell people how good I've been to you. And that's essentially what the gospel is, the good news. We want to tell people how good our God is. The Christian must go out and spread the good news. That's what we are to do. We're not meant to sit in church, say, hey, neighbor, how you doing? That's good. But that's just the very beginning. Here we get restored. Here we get renewed. Here we get refreshed. But our job is out there. As we go, brothers and sisters, we grow. Let me say that once again. Not as we sit and say, stick and say, but as we go, we grow. In closing, let me finish with these thoughts of another great pastor. I love the old pastors and commentators. Pastor Henry A. Ironside. Henry A. Ironside. Has anyone ever heard of him? Canadian, American Bible teacher, 1876 to 1951. He said, a true Christian life is never static. We must either grow in grace, going forward, 
or there will be backsliding and deterioration. There is no neutral stance. There is no at rest. You have to be going forward with Christ. He said, the backslider in heart shall be filled with his own ways. Proverbs 14, 14. When we're not filled with the desire to do God's will instead of our own will, we will regress. We will stagnate and risk shipwreck. That's deep, folks. The person who ignores the will of God, the commands of God, including Jesus' final instructions to believers in Matthew 28, that's known as the Great Commission, is almost sure to lose the joy of their salvation. If we're not doing what God told us to do, don't be surprised if you don't feel his joy. So he says, examine yourselves unto this matter of obedience. It is paramount, paramount unto God towards us in all and every area of scripture. Never forget, remember, he is Lord of all or he is not Lord at all. Amen. Yes, examine yourself, my brothers and sisters, as the Apostle Paul tells us to do in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. As to all matters of obeying God's word and his will for our lives. And if you find that you've been careless in regard to the study of your Bible, careless in your prayer life, careless as to the proper means of grace, careless as to witnessing the good news, then confess all this to God and give diligence to walk closer with him in total obedience in all things of God, starting today and throughout the days to come. It's never too late to start anew. That way you will develop a stronger Christian character and bless those who you come before on your journey through this world. Praise God. Very good words. I was talking to Elder Doug last week, as I said, he came by the house. And I mentioned this topic, this subject to him and asked him what he thought about it. He stopped, contemplated. He said, one word. Go. I said, yeah, what? (laughs) He said, go. Just go. And he walked away and continued with his work. And I thought about it. And I realized he was right. That's what we're being told to do. That's what we're being dispatched here to do. That's what Matthew 28 tells us to do. It's to go. To go out into the world. To go. Let nothing stop you. Allow no place in your life for unbelief. For without faith, no one can please the Lord. Don't be like Jonah. Don't be like King Saul who wouldn't do what they were told to do. They were disobedient and lost so much because they disobeyed God. Remember Jesus' command in Matthew 28, 18, 19. He says, let's end on this. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. See where Doug got that from. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, my friends, I leave you with these words. Go. Go and be a blessing to those who you encounter. Try to be a blessing to everyone you meet. Go and tell them the good news about Jesus. Go. Get out your house. Get out the church. Determine to tell someone the good news that Jesus Christ is born. We used to sing an old song called Go Tell It on the Mountain. You remember that? 
Shepherd's Pastor. Tell it on the mountain. I hear you, Pastor. On the mountain. Jesus Christ is born. Well, go tell it on the mountain. Over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain. That Jesus Christ is born. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. God tells us to go. Go tell it on the mountain. Go tell it on the hillside. Go tell it on the street corner. Go tell it to your neighbors. He just wants us to go. Pastor Vaughn said early in the message that God dispatched his son Jesus to come and tell us. He told his son to go. If Jesus can do that, then together today we can say, yes, so will I. You stand as we continue to worship this morning, and as we do, as we sing, and as we lift our voices to the Lord, the front area is here for you to come and pray. There'll be some folks at our prayer stations. Maybe today, whether you're in this room or whether you're watching us online, maybe you don't know who this Jesus is, and you need to know him for the very first time today. There are folks who can guide you through that here in this room today so that you can say, yes, I will. I will follow you. God, we pray that as you send us out, that you would equip us and that you would empower us and strengthen us. Hallelujah. And God of creation, there at the start, before the beginning of time. With no point of reference. Spoke to the dark and fleshed out the wonder of life. And as you speak, a hundred million galaxies are born. In the vapor of your breath, the planet. Worship, so will I. I can see your heart in everything you made. Every burning star, a signal fire of rain. Creation sings your praises, so God of your promise, don't speak in vain, no syllable empty your voice. For once you have spoken, nature and science follow the sound of your voice. 
today as we go from this place help us to get a great sense that although it's a wonderful thing to gather here or around our TV screen or computer screen and worship on a Sunday morning and worship together the real mission field is out that parking lot that's what you've given us that's what you've called us to do and so God we pray that you would empower us and strengthen us to do that day by day We thank you, Lord, for that. Go with us, we pray in Jesus' precious name. And everybody said, amen. God bless you. Thank you for worshiping with us today. Have a great week. If you're worshiping online, our service host will be around for another 20 minutes. If you need prayer, God bless you. Have a great week. And as you speak, a hundred In the paper of your breath, the planet Creation sings your praises, so will I. I can see your heart in everything you make. Every burning star, a 